This is the 3D Pod, your number one source for 3D printing news, analysis, and insight from 3dprint.com. Now, here are your hosts, Joris Peels and Maxwell Bogue. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Joris Peels, and this is another episode of the 3D Pod. And with me, as always, is Maxwell Vogue. How you doing, Max? I'm good. How you doing, Joris? I'm well, I'm well. I'm very well, Max. I've missed you. Uh, <laughs> Who do we have today? <laughs> well, today we've got Jason Fulmer. Uh, Jason is the Chief Operating Officer at Forum Labs. And he had, well, he's had a, a very long career. He's probably the, by far the oldest person at Forum Labs. Uh, he's, 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 their, he's their adult supervision. Uh, and then he's, he's spent uh, 10 years at Dell, uh, being a procurement manager, a director of supply chain strategy. And then he ended up working at InView uh, as a VP and GM. And so he brings a lot of like supply chain operations experience to Forum Labs. And uh, yeah, that's a very exciting place to be, I think, at the moment. So, so welcome to the show, Jason. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for the warm introduction, and specifically about me being the grandfather of Form Lab. <laughs> You're certainly not wrong there. So, uh. Yeah, and I, I mean, everybody there, they're all like 13, I think. I don't think any of them can drive yet. I'm there. <laughs> but um, so what's it? Well, so Jason, first off, I mean, uh, it's got, how did you end up in here? Like you were, uh, you end up drawing a startup that's not a scale up, and 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 how did you end up getting roped in? I first got introduced to Formlabs products uh, when when I was at InView and we were solving supply chain challenges. So I was aware of the company, I was aware of the technology, but really as a user of it. Um, and like, like a lot of us, we get phone calls from recruiters frequently. And when a recruiter called me about Formlabs, it was uh, it, it made me pause and I said, "Hold on, this is a cool company, great technology, added a ton of value to me and managing my supply chain." I had to take this phone call, um, and 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 that that's really the way the way I got drawn in from a consumer of the technology. Uh, you know, got me drawn in, and then once you once you talk to Max and you understand the story, you understand the technology and the value that it's bringing to the market. It, it was a it was a fairly easy sell for Max to get me on board. Totally, totally. and and what's well, I've worked a little bit for Formlabs in the beginning. It's a pretty intense company. Do you, do you, do you feel like that as well? I, I do think it's very intense, very intense uh, technically, I would say, uh, you know, a lot of passion around innovating and bringing technology to the market. Um, and that, that is super exciting. I, I've never been in a company that with so much technical acumen and so much focus on the technology, which is awesome. Um, and I think one of the balances I'm bringing to the business is is more operational excellence and trying to Trying to make sure that all that great technology that they that, that we develop and bring to the market, um, we could actually execute on and deliver to customers. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, producing it in a lab somewhere is one thing, but but getting it consistently and reliably to customers, and uh, that's really how we how we service the market and grow our business. Where so, where so- is Form Labs manufacturing now? Where are the machines made? Um, our machines are all made in uh, China. And the re- and the the resin. I don't want to say resin because some of it's not resin, but the, Ohio. the materials. Ohio. <laughs> yeah, in, is Ohio? In Ohio is uh, <laughs> is where our materials are manufactured. Um, so um, uh, expand a little bit. We we bring components from all over the world. We have parts mm-hmm. uh, coming from from Europe, from uh, from other places in Asia, from the U.S. and and they're consolidated in China today for machine printer manufacturing. Um, our, our resins are all uh, 
manufactured, blended, bottled, and distributed out of our Ohio facility, which is a uh, Formlabs owned facility. So we, we, we think it's really important to be vertically integrated on the material side for formulation, for quality and consistency. Um, and really owning that supply chain so that we make sure we keep uh, keep customers running uh, and, and have the materials in front of them to keep their printers running for, for urgent needs. You mentioned operational excellence. So that's that's like, what is operational excellence? What does it, what does it mean to you? Yeah, to me, it, it's about um, consistent and reliable execution. Um, and and that, that, that's really what I'm preaching through the company and through my organization that um, you have to set a commitment, whether that's a launch date, whether that's a, a, a promise date for a delivery, whether that's a quality standard for a print or, or the, the longevity of your printer. You've got to set a standard and then you've got to be able to meet it. And that's what really builds confidence with customers. So I preach a lot of consistent, consistent reliable execution. Uh, and then the other piece of that is making sure we're delivering what customers want and what they need. Um, and so uh, you, from a technology perspective, our printers um, are, are fabulous, as you guys know, and, and, and deliver great prints. Um, our, our materials um, uh, portfolio continues to grow and expand and meet different market needs. Um, but the other side of that is how we get those products and those parts into customers' hands to support their needs. And, and so the other thing of, of uh, operational excellence to me is fulfillment. Um, yeah, Amazon changed the game many years ago about um, next day delivery and, and on-demand products. Uh, and, and really, that's the fulfillment network we're building out at Formlabs um, so that when a somebody needs resin for an urgent print, um, we can have it to them tomorrow. And that, that, that it's not stuck in customs somewhere. It's not being flown around the world. But we have the, the materials, the the the, the, the resins, the, the components they need to keep their, their machines running um, and, and servicing their business needs. How big is that network now? I mean, Formlabs has been around for a number of years. Like, do you guys have a, a guesstimate on how many machines are still operating in the field? Or Yeah, we, we've sold over 70,000 um, machines uh, globally uh, over, over the lifetime. We do run... Uh, those that are connected to the network, um, we, we, are, we do still get uh, measurements of how often they're used and what they're printing and things like that. So it, it's certainly not all 70,000 of them, but, but we have a huge network of printers around the world and, uh, and that just keeps growing. Our, our two new launches uh, in, in Form 3L and Fuse over the last six months or so uh, have been great adoptions in the market and, and we're, we're putting a lot more printers in people's hands to be able to, uh, to, to print and support their businesses. Mm-hmm. Did you just say like what they're printing, like the, the applications <laughs> you can see what file I'm printing? No, no, we, we can't see the file, but we can see the type of resin and, uh, and, and how often they're printing. Um, and, and so, so we, we, we look, monitor usage, but not necessarily that the file specific. No. Okay. Just clearing that up. Uh, but, um, <laughs> that would be fun, though, wouldn't it, Joris? You know, yeah. to see what people are printing. I think, uh, <laughs> Joris, you may have just got nervous that I'm seeing what you're printing. What kind of naughty things are you printing, yeah. Joris? <laughs> yeah, just, just only, only, only Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse stuff. Just Mickey Mouse. Well, um, that's all copyright infringement, right there. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, you have this innovative company. Innovative companies can be really chaotic. Let's say, 
there's a million ideas and all of a sudden you've got a quality standard and quality management system, that kind of stuff. Is it difficult grafting that kind of a, a, a quality kind of consciousness and then making a company like a, a, a you know, a promise keeping organization? Is that kind of like thing very difficult to do? I wouldn't say it's difficult, but it's it's a it's a balance. Um, and so that as we bring standards and consistency and process into form labs, we have to make sure that we're not stifling innovation and stifling speed to market and things like that, because that, that's what got form labs to where we are today. And that's some of the magic that we have in our in our DNA and in our company. So uh, within form labs and within our customer base, people are yearning for more consistency and 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 the, the structure that we're bringing. Um, but again, we got to make sure we don't stifle the innovation because ultimately that's what moves additive manufacturing and moves form labs forward is how we're innovating on hardware, on on materials, and and the, the use cases of our products. You know, you, you want to be. You said you want to be innovative, and you want to make that balance. Let's say, and traditionally, these printers have had differences from like run to run differences between printers, reliability issues. You know, how do you actually operationally deal with something like that in, in, in a company? What do you actually do? Yeah, so a big part of our strategy is to uh, make sure we own the manufacturing process. So um, we have a lot of proprietary software and processes of how our machines are put together, how they're calibrated, um, how we do test prints and, and test function. And that's something that, that, again, is part of the Formlab secret sauce that, that we need to own. We need to make sure we have control over and we may need to make sure we're monitoring on a regular basis. So every printer that goes through our manufacturing process, we're collecting tons and tons of data um, on its performance compared to previous printers uh, and, and against printers that have failed in the field versus been successful in the field. So you know, we have a lot of visibility in the manufacturing process to drive consistency and identify outliers. Um, the second side of that is making sure we have the right infrastructure next to our manufacturers to be able to monitor day to day, react quickly, pull printers off the line for, for life cycle testing and, and things like that. So we're, we're making a big investment in China um, next to our factories to be able to to have more, have uh, more and more oversight and and uh, controls of our processes there. So get keys are our data um, and and owning the owning the manufacturing process and not just let a a, a factory run printers and, and put things together, but we own, we calibrate, we test, and and we collect all the data uh, as it's going through the manufacturing line. Do you, do you do your QA yourselves or part of that process yourselves or? Uh, we do some of that ourselves. Yes, we have so, a lot of it is automated through software that we've that we've built. Um, that our, our factories run part of it themselves on our own software. Um, our factories then take products offline and do their own testing, and we have our own uh, our own quality lab and department in China that we're pulling things off and doing our testing ourselves. So, so yeah, we've got several touch points both integrated into the manufacturing steps as well as offline. I'm curious, uh, everyone's obviously suffering a bit from supply chain wise from uh, the after effects of the coronavirus, but still going on most places. How have you guys managed to reduce the impact um, that it's had on your production facilities? Uh, yeah, so we've had a lot of challenges just like everybody has. Um, and 
the one thing I, I want to make sure is clear is these challenges aren't unique to COVID. They may be slightly different, but there's been labor shortages and component shortages and transportation issues um, forever. You know, I've been in this industry a long time, uh, the consumer electronics and manufacturing industry. There's always challenges in the supply chain. Um, what we've been able to do at Form Labs is um, plan and prepare for them, um, and and uh, we've we've done a pretty good job of that to minimize the impact uh, to to our customers. So that is long-term planning of of high-risk components. So we're taking stock of those and and building supply chains relationships with uh, with our partners to get allocation of materials, allocation of supply, um, allocation of labor. Um, and then we also have the ability to balance labor. So, um, you know, we may be a little bit heavy on one product. We can ship labor and materials to another product and, and, and you know, be able to focus the efforts of, uh, of, of what our customers need. Um, the uh, specifically, we've launched 3L Infuse uh, products uh, in uh, over the last six months, and those have been huge ramps. And that's been in the middle of COVID, um, with labor issues, with component issues, and, and our strategies work fairly well. And, and we've not only been able to support current demand, but we, we've built uh, built up inventory on on all those new products as well as our our, our legacy products to be able to service the market. So. So far, it, it, it's going well, um, and, and we're continuing to refine those those supply chain uh, risk mitigation strategies. And, and and have you thought at any point on a kind of reshoring manufacturing in the U.S. that kind of thing, or does that not enter into any plans or anything like that? Uh, we we rethink it all the time, and and I'll say my entire career, we it's something we think about, and I would say not necessarily U.S. specifically. But we're, I'm constantly looking at where's the best place around the world to manufacture our products that delivers the most value to our customers. Um, and so absolutely, we've explored U.S. options over the last six months. Um, we've, we've explored um, options in, in probably 15 or, or 20 different countries around the world to make sure we have the best supply chain um, to provide technology at the lowest cost to be able to, to service our, our, our customers. To my opinion, well, I've always thought it's kind of uniquely challenging to to do QA and and just quality on a 3D printer generally because it's just such a, a, a interplay of like software and mechanical engineering and lots of different stuff. Have you found this a unique challenge, or is it to you just like you know an electronics component, just like any other? No, I, th I think it is very unique because it's not just putting parts together and it magically works, right? Um, you know, the, a lot of the previous industries I've come from, it, it's really assembly operations is, is what we did in manufacturing. Um, Form Labs is, is a lot of putting these parts together and then fine tuning to make sure they deliver the results that you, that, that you need. Again, that's a big part of why we need to own the manufacturing process and we need to have our software, our tools um, in the manufacturing process so that we make sure it gets calibrated and the fine tuning happens before it goes out the, out the door. Um, we do a lot of test prints on our, on our machines before they ever leave the factory um, uh, as, as kind of a final validation that it meets the parameters and, and the, the, the tolerances that we've set. The, the FormLabs ecosystem is very integrated. You said before you wanted to be vertically integrated uh, yourself um, uh, in, in respect to materials, but also it's like this walled garden kind of thing with software and stuff. Does that make your job easier or more difficult because there's so many factors that are that are come into play there? 
Uh, I'd say it, it puts it more in our control, which is which is what we want. Um, you know, it, it's not we leverage partners where we need them, and and we've got a lot of fantastic partners around the world that help us in supply chain and manufacturing. Um, but but by us owning more of the of the the supply chain, whether it's resin manufacturing or whether it's design of optics modules or whether it's the manufacturing calibration, it puts that control in in, in our hands, and so allows us to change it quicker, um, improve it quicker, uh, and and make those fine tune adjustments that we need to to deliver the best product to our customers. So challenging, yes, more workload, yes, but ultimately it, it's a better solution to deliver product. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's different. I mean, on the on the desktop, the FDM ecosystem, we have this riotous kind of crazy ecosystem. Everybody does their own thing, and it, it ends up with lots more materials. There's lots more chaos. You have to dial in your materials, but on the all whole, it does make for a more vibrant ecosystem. Yeah, 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 for for sure. Um, you know the the uh, the more flexibility you put in there, it makes a makes a more vibrant ecosystem, as you said. But you know, really, our push is the closed system that we drive. Uh, you know, leads to a more consistent experience for professionals that are using our printers. Um, and so, when you buy Formlabs resin, you know exactly how it's going to perform. When you buy our printers, you know exactly how it's going to perform. It takes out another piece of variability for for our users, and when you're using it for business critical functions um, like uh, medical or dental applications, or uh, you're using it as supply chain mitigate mitigation strategies to keep your 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 company running or your factory running, um, you, you want to take out as much of that variation as you can in in your ability to print parts. Yeah, and that's also made kind of more difficult because Formless used to have one product and then they replaced it, essentially. Uh, now, all of a sudden, we've got, I don't know how many products you guys have now, but you've got many more resins. Uh, you've now got a complete different technology and you've got several different VAT uh, polymerization printers as well, you know, for medical or for, for, for dental and for larger sizes and that kind of thing. Is that also like a stress on your organization that all of a sudden you're, you're going to all these different platforms and all these different parts? Yeah, I think I wouldn't use the word stress. I would use the word it's an evolution, right? And and it's really the evolution of us being a startup company with one product. Uh, and and Formlabs did a phenomenal job of, of bringing that to market and evolving that product. Um, but to be a great company, we've got to have a platform of products. And in order to have a platform of products, you have to have more consistent and reliable execution. And so a lot of the process discipline and, and things that I'm bringing to the organization are going to help us expand our portfolio, whether that's products or customers or markets, but have the same level of, of consistency and promise to our customers that we did uh, when, when we launched the, the Form 1 or the Form 2 or, or most recently the Form 3. So in order to expand, we know that we need to to, to put more structure in place uh, to to be able to be able to continue to expand our portfolio. So it's more challenging as we're building that infrastructure, but it, it's it's going to help us into the future as we as we continue to add products into our into our lineup. And also, then then of course, then it also gets more complicated. Um, off the back end of this, cause I remember, like, <laughs> I was involved at one point. I, I, I pitched at Forum Labs the idea to have a reverse logistics chain with picking up the printers and stuff. This is a long time ago, and and so I'm just thinking about how complicated something like service is going to be 
initially it was just a couple of people in the office essentially <laughs> um, <laughs> and now I, th- I don't think it's like that anymore I mean uh, you know uh, with so many systems and, and just such a volume of printers you must have like the service component must be very complex as well now yeah and it, it is and and we think of service and I, I'm, I'm going to talk about it on both ends it's fulfillment on the front end how do you get product to customers and then how do you service it on the back end um, and both of those have changed with the volume of desktop printers like 3L or like Form 3. But when you get bigger footprints like Form 3L or Fuse, um, it, it completely changes the game. Uh, you, you're now not, you can't put a Fuse printer into a FedEx network to deliver to somebody's uh, office or, or, right. or, or home. You know, yes, so we uh, have to have different fulfillment strategies to get those, those units two customers, unboxed, set up, um, and, and functional. And then on the back end, it, it's similar. Uh, when it's a desktop unit, it's much easier to ask a customer to put it in a box and send it back to us, and, and, um, and we will fix it or, or ship them a new one. Um, when you have a fuse that's a small refrigerator size unit, it's very expensive and very difficult for the customer to, to pack that up and get it out of their location. So. Our service model has changed a lot in in providing not only phone service but on-site service and and even the ability for customers to service units themselves in the field as opposed to boxing them up and sending them back. So the supply chain's changed a lot just over the last six or nine months on the on the front end fulfillment as well as the back end service of all of our machines. And that's just made Formlabs better. It's it's allowed us to innovate the supply chain and find out how we add value to to our customers throughout the entire life cycle of the product. Yeah. And does it also mean, so, so the form factor, that's interesting. And and at the same time, uh, there's two very different strategies depending on that work for some people, or those several, there's many different strategies. You could ship these things directly from China to end consumers, or you could ship them through the States. What kind of things are you doing there? Yeah, so we're bringing all of our uh, materials, uh, printers, um, resins, materials, accessories, all those into distribution centers that are located throughout the world. Um, you can think of a hub and spoke model. We're bringing them into a centralized distribution center and then um, and then uh, distributing from there to more point of use uh, distribution centers closer to customers. Um, and r- really the value there is you're optimizing the inbound logistics uh, costs so you can cube out containers and, and or air freight uh, um, that, that you may be bringing over. And then more importantly to the customer, you can consolidate that order. So I can take a printer built one place and a, um, a build platform or a resin tank built somewhere else, consolidate that with four resins that, they, that may have been produced in Ohio. So mm-hmm. to the customer, they get one package, one pallet, mm-hmm. one delivery with their entire ecosystem. Um, and I do that consolidation work in my regional distribution center. Okay. Then uh, more of the spoke model um, you know, is consumables and resins. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we continue to expand our, uh, our distribution points for resins, for replacement parts, for things like build platforms and tanks that we really see is the lifeblood to keep printers working. So keep uptime on printers. So if a customer forgets to order or runs out of resin, I don't wanna to have to ship resin from Boston to Seattle because it's either gonna to cost too much or it's gonna to take too long. So, uh, so putting distribution points for those urgent consumables around the world 
is going to help with the uptime of our printers at all of our customers. I assume you're using 3Ps for that, or fulfillment centers. We are. We're using 3PLs. We have a variety of different partners around the world. Um, and again, that, that, that continues to expand. Yep. And, and does that mean, and so what does it mean now? Like, like from a customer perspective, let's say I order a printer now. I'm like in New York or something. When am I going to get it? So uh, I'm proud to say all of our printers are uh, in stock in all of our warehouses around the world today. Um, even the new ones, Form 3L and Fuse. So um, you know, we, we have uh, ample inventory of all of those. Uh, same thing on our resins. Uh, we, we manage a, I call it a stock out dashboard that we look at, look at every single day and make sure we have inventory available in stock, ready to ship. So to answer your question, you want a printer and you want to place an order today, I will ship it tomorrow. And then we just have to talk about um, you know, how quickly that final mile transportation is to get from my facility to you. But things are in stock and, and we're driving 94% uh, you know, next day delivery or next day shipment order to ship um, uh, out of our fulfillment centers. That's uh, yeah, because it used to be that people would wait months for these things. <laughs> so exactly. it's, uh, it's a big change for you guys as a as an organization. And does does it mean? I mean, you you strike me as the kind of person that likes to make order. Is, are you somebody that brings order to an organization? Or are you someone that wants to <laughs> wants to kind of keep this order going? Let's say. Um, yeah, no, I I'm a uh, um, I'm a process and order driven guy for sure, and 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 I I believe that brings consistent, reliable execution that I, that I continue to preach. So uh, yeah, we're, we're building a lot of infrastructure and controls in place to be able to, to, to execute on that on a daily basis, but also understanding the value to customers. So something like a, a fuse printer that's uh, our highest price point today, it's pallet, pallet level product. You get a sift with it that comes on another pallet. So a customer may get two or three pallets worth of product. Um, they may not want that next day, right? They may not be prepared for that. They may not have their infrastructure set up. So that the important thing is to understand what customers value and then develop our supply chain and fulfillment models um, to support that. Um, again, things like resins and build platforms and consumables, they va people value next day. And, and we need to make sure we can fulfill that. Bigger products like Fuse and Sift, it may be you know, seven, 10, 14 day delivery times because that's what the customer needs. So it's important to drive efficiency, but it's also uh, probably even more important to understand what customers want and need. Are you really kind of very into things like lean? Is there, is there a management methodology like Kaizen or something like that you're really pushing on this organization? Are you try or you live by yourself? Uh, it's not. No, I've, I've been lean trained and Six Sigma trained and those things through my through my career. It's not something I've uh, formally brought to Form Labs yet. Um, but yeah. my, belief <laughs> in those, my belief in those tools is they're tools in your tool belt. I, I, um, and I think they help you learn ways to get things done and find find waste or opportunities within your business. I do think they can be taken too far within organizations as well that stifle innovation or speed or creativity. So, you know, my my challenge at Form Labs is how to bring that that process and discipline at the right level to Form Labs and, and keep the flexibility and innovation that we have today. So I'm not driving specifically those principles, but I'm driving a lot of those methodologies um, as as uh, one of the tools in our toolkit. 
So it's kind of like on the DL, kind of on the down low, kind of an implementation <laughs> of Six Sigma. <laughs> kind of, we'll right. start with one Sigma, and then we're just like gonna, gonna kind of sneak it in. Um, do you see this as like, uh, well, you know, if you're process driven and the kind of thing, it seems like you have your work cut out for you. Do you get bored at one point, or is there always something extra to optimize? Oh, there's always process stuff to do. Um, and you know, one of the things I love about the supply chain and operations career that, that, that I've had, supply chains always break, processes always need improvement. There's always ample room for change and, and it's, it's, it's never ending. And so, um, so no, I don't think in, my, in my, uh, my career I've ever been bored or had inability to find opportunities to go attack in the supply chain or in process. So um, the, the, the key is, drive the ones that add value and then drive continuous improvement. Um, and you know, when I think of our fulfillment model today, for example, um, it's a great fulfillment model for Form 3 and where the company was a year ago. Um, and so kudos to the team for building that well before my time. That's fantastic. But it's not the right model as we move forward, as our business gets more global, as we have bigger products, as the the requirements from our customers change and the speed of delivery changes. So, um, so that, that there's, there's always opportunities for change. Um, I was at Dell Computers in the 2000s um, where, we, where we moved manufacturing almost completely from Austin, Texas to a global network. Um, and, and at the time, Dell was uh, you know, a leader in supply chain. And, and a lot of people were looking at, looking at us like we were crazy to be able to make that, uh, take those changes, take those risks. Um, but we had the foresight, we had the, uh, the intestinal fortitude to keep pushing change and innovating and finding ways to add value to, 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 to our customers. And so I learned that very early on in my career and, uh, and, and passionate about process, but about also continuous improvement. We're entering a phase in our industry where some companies are becoming a lot more disciplined than they were, you know, on the desktop front especially. Um, and they're hiring people like you to bring their experience to bear. But other companies are kind of still kind of winging it. <laughs> uh, uh, and there's, there just seems to not be a lot of really supply chain understanding in our industry. If you were like, if you were like a company starting out in 3D printing, like what, what advice would you give them on the supply chain side, to things they really need to lock down, batten down, uh, get right? The most important thing for new companies, and again, I'll, I'll take Formlabs as an example, you know, nine years ago, you have to just get it done, right? Find a way to get it done, have the creativity and the passion to go find a way to get products built and, and to, get it, uh, to get it to market and start building your business. Um, but after that, you quickly need to transition into optimization mode because there's a ton of wasted cost, um, uh, uh, wasted um, labor, you know, waste all throughout the supply chain. And so that creativity of a startup to get it done, it's perfect for a short period of time, but then you have to transition to, to getting waste out. If you don't, you're passing that waste on to your customers or you're, you're letting a competitor come in and take the waste out and, and, uh, and take your business. So, um, so I would encourage other companies that are, that are going through the Formlabs lifecycle um, be very creative, be very passionate about breaking through barriers and find a way to get it done early. But you have to commit the time to optimize because there is so much cost, so much waste that, that, that's ultimately going to your customers uh, in, in the supply chain. And, and 
you know, if you're looking forward at form labs, like the next, I mean, you, you, okay. First off, you kind of hinted at bigger systems, and you've also said like, to now, uh, up until now, it's our most expensive system. Does that mean that the, that the form labs is moving up in the world, or? Um, form labs is always innovating. I will tell you that. So we, we've, uh, you know, we're very pleased with uh, with our fuse printer, with our with our form three L printer. Um, and we're always looking for market opportunities. We've got several things uh, we're working on today. Uh, certainly, not, not, not don't want to reveal those here, but that there's a lot of exciting things coming from Form Labs, and uh, and I think that this uh, this phase of of our of our product launch of 3L Infuse is uh, is a step. But there's a, that there's a lot more we're working on, both from a product and technology standpoint, but also fulfillment and and service standpoint to our customers. And where do you hope to be? Is there like a goal or like something you're working towards? Let's say the next five years for Farm Labs for yourself or your profitability. Or... <laughs> uh, we want to build the best additive manufacturing company that we can, um, and and you know, we are not focused on short-term um, uh, wins or results that make us feel good. But we're building. Uh, we want to build a company and a platform that customers can grow with, that we can grow with. Um, and, and can add value to 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 the to the industry. Um, you know, and our our mission is allow people to uh, build anything, uh, anyone to make anything, and and that, that that's really what we're focused on is solutions to 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 execute to that. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jason, for 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 being here today. Yes, thank you. I appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for having me on. And Max, thank you for being here today as well. Yeah, likewise. Fascinating. And thank you for listening. My name is Joris Peels, and this is another episode of the 3D Pod. You've been listening to the 3D Pod. For more information on what you just heard or to subscribe, visit www.3dprint.com or follow us at 3dprint.com.